it just happened so quick. I mean, the, you know, going to Nashville, showing up and then, you know, two days later, you're sitting in your seat waiting for uh, your name to be called. And, you know, once it was called, it was, uh, like you said, an emotional high. It was, um, you know, so, so special. I've said this a couple of times, just being a Canadian boy, getting drafted by a Canadian team. It's just, it's something I've always wanted and it's so special. <laughs> That's Jets 2023 first-round pick Colby Barlow, our guest here on Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm Jamie Thomas, your host, alongside, well, Tyler on vacation. A He did mention this last week, didn't he, Mosser? Yeah, he did. So um, I totally forgot. I thought Tyler was going to be here alongside, but he had already taken off on his vacation before the Maple Leaf game on Saturday. So... Um, I'm, I'm by myself on this one. We should be fine. So uh, we were, here's the story. We were supposed to go to Owen Sound to sit down with Colby Barlow, but my boss, Adam, who came to Toronto during the road trip, was supposed to be our driver, along with Caleb, our camera person, and audio, all the guiding and stuff like that. And one centimeter of snow fell in the Toronto area. So Adam, being from the Ontario, southern Ontario region, did not want to make the drive. It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive, give or take, to Owen Sound, and he decided to pull the chute at the last second. So... That interview was done via Zoom. So as Winnipeggers, Manitobans, Prairie people, you all know that one centimeter of snow does not stop us from going anywhere. But in the GTA area, that is apparently a complication. So I blame this on Adam, our boss. And we're going to find out if Adam, our boss, actually listens to or watches this podcast because I just ripped him. And we'll get to the bottom of this if he does. If he doesn't say anything, obviously he didn't watch or listen and we'll burn them on that one, but that's for another time. So uh, looking forward to that conversation with Colby Barlow. It was a great one. Uh, very exciting to talk to him. He's had a great season so far, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But again, this is Ground Control, the official podcast, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Jets had a challenging week, to say the least. They uh, closed out a road trip out east. Of course, they, they beat the Ottawa Senators uh, 2-1 in overtime, but they went to Boston, lose 4-1 to the Bruins on Monday, a game where in the first two periods they did not play very well, but woke up in the third period, made things a lot more interesting, and you felt good about their chances when they went into Toronto on Wednesday Night Hockey, uh, national broadcast, uh, everything was looking on the up and up. They dominate that hockey game and lose one nothing to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ilya Samsonov uh, with a brilliant effort. And I think back to the 2-0 that he stopped. Shorthanded, mind you. The Jets were shorthanded. It was Adam Lowry and Morgan Barron, the 2-0, and Samsonov made two stops. First on Lowry, the second one on Barron. And Lauren Brassois said afterwards that he knew the Jets were in trouble when he Samsonov made that save because the crowd got into it. He gets his confidence up, and the Jets got goalied in Toronto, so they lose one nothing on Austin Matthews' goal in overtime. Get the point there. So the return game against the Maple Leafs uh, here in Winnipeg on Saturday, the last game before the break, and the Jets get off to a great start, and then the rest from there. Uh, one of the more frustrating losses for the Jets this season. They fall 4-2 on home ice. But when you think about everything, they lose three straight games. But Adam Lowry was asked afterwards about the big picture before the All-Star slash player break. Here's his answer. Well, you know what? I, I think you know, the, the best thing is, you know, in a little mental reset, I think this is kind of, you know, one of the first blocks of adversity we've faced this year. And, um, you know, certainly you can let some frustration creep in. You know, and, you know, I, I think being able to get away from the game and kind of analyze where we've at, you know where we've been, what we've been doing well in some of these games, what we can improve upon, 
you know, come back and, you know, energize again. I think, you know, that, that's the great thing that this break comes at this time. But, um, you know, I, I think we all know over the last couple of weeks we, we can play better. I think, you know, there's been games where we haven't been as sharp as we want to be. And, you know, that, that's important that, you know, we keep striving, we keep trying to push ahead and we keep trying to get better. So, you know, enjoy these few days, kind of get that mental reset so that, you know, when we come back, uh, we really get ready for that stretch run. It's going to be a busy couple months of hockey, and we're, we're really excited for it. We, we've got a great group in here. Here we are again. I think it's the third consecutive podcast that we're talking about the power play, and there, there's a good reason for it, and I can understand some people's frustration. Jets went 0 for 8 last week with the man advantage, and you think you get one power play goal in Toronto, that changes the whole narrative behind that game. And they had three consecutive power plays in the second period against the Leafs here last Saturday uh, at Canada Life Center. You get one goal there, you kind of change the direction of the hockey game, but unfortunately uh, the Jets went 0 for 3. So 0 for 8 in total on those three games last week with the man advantage, but you have to put things in perspective. You had no Gabe Velarde in Boston. You had no Velarde and Josh Morrissey, and of course Mark Scheifele in Toronto, and then no Mark Scheifele uh, here against the Leafs on Saturday. So you haven't had the opportunity to see what the power play looks like with all three of those players on the ice, and along with Kyle Connor, along with Nikolai Ehlers. Rick Bonus has mentioned multiple times that it hasn't been, you haven't been able to kind of get what it's going to be like or evaluate the power play until you have all hands on deck. And unfortunately for the Jets, they haven't been able to do that. Mark Scheifele has missed the last six games. You have to think he'll be back after the break. So, on top of that, in Saturday, in particular against the Leafs, Jets didn't do very well in the faceoff circle. So the Jets went two for six in the faceoff circle with the man advantage on Saturday. They went one for five while shorthanded. The Leafs scored two power play goals on Saturday. So Rick Bonus mentioned that and he said, I quote, the penalty killing has been outstanding for a while, but again, we had a terrible night on faceoffs. It's those areas. Like we're losing 30, 40 seconds on every power play because we lose the faceoff and they ice it. And we're spending too much time after losing those faceoffs. Once again, we go back to Adam Lowry on the power play struggles. You know, we have some chances. We, we'd like to, to invert on them, but you know, I, I think keep working on it. You know, some tweaks here, get Shife back. You know, he's pretty dynamic. Um, you know, I, I think these couple days coming out of the break, you know, we'll have time to review some stuff and, you know, kind of at least get a couple reps in that, you know, I, I think we'll hit the ground running. You know, it's a nice little reset. It was kind of like, you know, up until this game, our, our PK, um, you know, the numbers had been climbing. We, we'd been doing a lot better. I think, you know, once you put a couple games together, you start feeling better. You start seeing those plays a little clearer. And, you know, I, I think it's going to come. So, you know, it's frustrating right now for them for sure. But, you know, we've got all the faith in the world. We've got a lot of skilled players on this team, a lot of smart minds behind the, the scenes that uh, we'll get it sorted out. We will go back to the question of the week uh, when everything or everybody gets back from the all-star break on the next pod. Now we move on to the play of the week. And since Tyler complained that he had no say in the play of the week selection, we still will not give him any say because he's on his unsanctioned uh, holiday. So, uh, Tyler, unfortunately for you, no say in this one again. And we'll go to Dylan Sandberg. Sandberg's been a fantastic player this year. Him and Nate Schmidt uh, have been a great pairing on the, on the blue line for the Jets. Their third pairing. Sandberg's done a great job killing penalties. And finally, finally, he was rewarded for all his hard efforts this year, blocking shots, all that stuff like that. And he's our play of the week this time around. Had seven shots on Wednesday night against Lauren Bosquah. It'll come back to Sandberg. Stars! Dylan Sandberg breaks the ice early tonight. 
Well, and you saw the reaction. This is just a simple dump in that it turns the puck over. Sandberg with traffic in front. That reaction is one because he hasn't scored in 76 games. And here's just a great example of get traffic in front. Hi, I'm Nikolai Ehlers. Swings it, shoots, And this is the Ground Control Podcast. All right, great stuff from Dylan Sandberg. Congratulations to him for our play of the week. Colby Barlow was selected in the first round by the Winnipeg Jets in Nashville uh, in Nashville for the 2023 National Hockey League draft. It looked like he was going to be a lock to represent Canada the World Junior Hockey Championships when the team went to Sweden for the World Juniors, but sustained an injury, missed significant time from November 8th to December 30th, a big chunk of the schedule for the Owen Sound attack, and did not get that opportunity to represent Canada at the World Juniors. But he's back. With a vengeance right now with the Owen Sound attack, he has 21 goals in just 28 games this season. Enjoy the conversation with the Jets prospect. Please welcome Colby Barlow to the program. Colby, uh, you're joining us from your Billets house. Tell us a little bit about your Billets. I know you've been there the whole time since you joined the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, uh, my Billets, Sarah and Phil, uh, rather, they've, they've been amazing throughout my uh, first three years here. Um, you know, just super welcoming, great family. Um, you know, they do anything for... Uh, any of the guys that live here. I live with two other players as well, but uh, they, you know, they've been doing it for a while. They've had uh, some pretty, some pretty good players come through here. They have uh, uh, Nick Suzuki, Sean Dersey, uh Wayne Simmons, and you know, just, just many, many more, but uh, you know, they're, they're amazing people and a great family. Uh, what's it like uh, living with two, two teammates, I guess is the, uh, is the best way to ask. I, you, you spend all that time with them on the ice, you spend time with them in the locker room. What's it like living with a couple of guys, a couple of teammates? Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's, um, you know, you think you get, you get sick of them, but you know, it's always nice going home with, uh, you know, a couple of buddies, um, you mm-hmm. know, living with them and kind of having that company and, uh, you know, it goes both ways. So, you know, yeah, we watch movies, we, you know, play cards together. We, we do a bunch of stuff. We have a ping pong table. We always have good battles down there, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's awesome having two other guys, you know, to spend time with, you know, away from the rink. I imagine your billets having been doing this for so long, even if you guys get in a disagreement, do they stay out of it or do they try and come, do they have to come break it up or, or, you know, play the role of referee sometimes? Oh, there haven't been too many uh, disagreements. I mean, my first year, uh, we were living, me and uh, another rookie, Gavin, we were living with uh, an older guy, Mark, and, you know, they, they go at it sometimes and uh, they usually stayed out of it, uh, you know, the bill parents, but, uh, you know, just let, let us deal with it pretty much. That's, that's so awesome. Um, I want to ask you, you obviously drafted back in, in June. When did that emotional high come down after being drafted by the Winnipeg Jets for you? Yeah, a lot. It just happened so quick. I mean, the you know, going to Nashville, showing up, and then, you know, two days later, you're sitting in your seat waiting for uh, your name to be called. And, you know, once it was called, it was, uh, like you said, an emotional high. It was, um, you know, so, so special. I've said this a couple of times, just being a Canadian boy, getting drafted by a Canadian team, it's just, it's something I've always wanted and it's so special. But, um, you know, you then, uh, a couple of days later, you're going right to development camp. So you're still riding that high and you're, you're just so excited. You're excited to meet everybody. You're excited mm-hmm. to, you know, get on the ice and, um, you know, just, just go experience it all. But uh, I think it took me a good, a good few weeks after development camp to, you know, kind of come down from it, but you know, it's still just, just so exciting even, even up till now. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, working hard, trying my best to get there. 
I, I saw you and uh, other members, of course, the Jets content team. We saw you after the draft uh, on the first night and you were out with a bunch of friends. How exciting was it to share with, the, with that many people and how long did that night go afterwards for you and, and your family and friends? Yeah, really special night. Um, you know, like you said, especially having so many friends and family there coming to support you. It's, uh, you know, it means a lot. And, um, you know, every single, every single person there had a little piece and, um, you know, and, and to my success on getting there and, and that journey along the way. So, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to spend it with, you know, anybody else, but, but the people there. So that was, uh, that was amazing. And I went on for, for a bit there, but, um, <laughs> but, it's the right uh, city it's the right city for that to, <laughs> to go into right and i know you, you guys like country music so what a perfect place for you to be drafted yeah for sure so uh yeah it was definitely a, you know just a great time in, in general uh tell us a little bit about your hometown aurelia ontario what, what, what's that like and if i ever drove in there what am i doing on, on a weekend there <laughs> um yeah it really is it's a smaller town it's uh kind of up north um you know there's there's a couple good lakes there, uh, Lake Simcoe, Lake Coochiching. We're always out on on those. There's a lot of you know different things you can uh, go do out on the uh, the water. Uh, go fishing quite a bit. Um, you know, just hanging out with buddies is uh, a lot. Um, spend a lot of my time doing. Uh, there's a couple nice golf courses in Aurelia, and also kind of a little further up north in Muskoka. Going up there, um, you know, here and there for weekends, just just enjoying that, being with friends and being outside. Do you, are you a little more cautious in the summertime because you don't want to get hurt because you're obviously your career is pushing towards being a professional? Do you hold back a little bit uh, during summer now? Yeah, for sure. I'm not really <laughs> doing too many water sports like water skiing or tubing, even though, um, you know, it's, it's a blast doing those things. But uh, you, you'd rather be safe than sorry uh, come, come this point into the career. But, uh, you know, we still have our, our fun fishing and whatnot. You can't you can't get hurt too bad fishing unless you hook yourself. But so no backflips off on on water skis or anything like that's going on in uh, really Ontario. Yeah, not not too much. Uh, I stay away from cliff jumping. I'm scared of heights. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wise choice on that one. Um, obviously, you're known for your shot, right? And when when did that shooter's mentality kick in for you? Because I imagine did a coach kind of push you towards it because you have such a good shot, or did it just come to you naturally? I think it was kind of just built up over time. Um, you know, I had a lot of people help me with my shot, but there was also you know, some sort of, you know, natural path with it, um, along with, you know, all the hard work put into it. I mean, I was doing a lot of, you know, outside skates from from just practice itself when I was growing up and, and playing minor hockey. So um, a lot of that contributes to it. And I think a lot of it too is, you know, with the shot is just being able to put yourself into that position to shoot the puck was, was a big thing and learning curve for me. So it wasn't so much where you had to be pushed by a coach. You had naturally just, it came to you organically where you just knew you had to shoot because you had a good shot. Yeah. I mean, I would, I'd shoot when I get the opportunity to, <laughs> um, you know, I always, I always want to pass the puck too. I don't want to shoot every single time, but uh, you know, the, it, it wasn't, uh, you know, force you, you have to shoot more, shoot more. Um, you know, at times I was told to shoot more and you know, at times I was told to pass more. So it was just kind of a back and forth thing, but, uh, the shot was definitely uh, hard work, but a little bit natural as well. How much does Colby Barlow like to, to be a playmaker? I love it. I think it's, um, you know, an underrated part of my game. Um, it's not talked about a whole lot, but, uh, you know, it's nice having that knowing, you know, everybody thinks you're going to have that shoot first kind of mentality and, uh, you know, it leaves guys open uh, a lot of the time. So it's, it's awesome having that as well. 
Well, you were, you were a young captain at the age of 17 in Owen Sound. Where did that leadership quality come from? Because that's not, like, people were just born with that. So where did it come from, do you think? I think it was um, just just the way I was raised uh, by my parents and my brother and, and the people around me at a young age. Um, you know, my, my dad always told me if, you know, you want to play with the big boys. I have an older brother. He's six years older older than me. And he oh. had a bunch of characters. Yeah, and, uh, I didn't have I didn't have anybody in the neighborhood that was my age, so I always wanted to end up playing with them. And you know, my dad said you got you got to play their way and and learn to play with the big boys and stuff like that. So I think a lot of that just came with you know a couple a couple beatdowns here and there, and kind of learning learning a, a certain maturity at a young age, and just kind of bringing that up along with me, um, you know, throughout my entire childhood and. You know, my, my parents engraved, um, you know, always just be a good person above everything else. And, um, you know, good will, good will find you. Um, listen, uh, having a brother that's six years old, and, you know, there's got to be some great stories in there of the tormenting or, or things like that. I mean, you, you get tougher because of that, because older brothers do not hold back uh, in, my, in my history and understanding of that way. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there's, there's a <laughs> lot of good stories. Um, there was one, uh, we we're playing, we we're playing pond hockey. We, my mom was living on the lake and we had a, uh, we had a rink out back on the lake that we made, uh, every year that for when we lived there. And, uh, you know, we, we just be out there having fun, nothing too serious going on. And, you know, I had my head down and, uh, he caught me pretty good. And then that's kind of when I learned, uh, to keep my head up when I was, when I was playing, no matter if it was practice, fun or game, you know, always keep your head up. So that, that taught me that pretty early. It's is a, it's a pretty funny one. Well, well, let's, let's clear this up a little bit. So did you, was it just, you're playing pond hockey? Did you have equipment on? Was there helmets and stuff? Or this is just a flat out clean hit? This is just Shoulder. a flat out clean hit. Um, you got skates, gloves and a stick and that's yeah. about it. Just making sure of the equipment that you're wearing that time. So, did you get up afterwards, or was it a little bit of a slow rise up after that hit from your Definitely brother? It was a slow rise. I was trying to collect my uh, surroundings, you know, before I caught up. It was a pretty good one. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it taught me a lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no question. And you got up, so that's the important part out of that. So, uh, let, let's move on to th- this year. I mean, you, you talked about the emotional high. You come down, you go through development camp, you meet all a lot of your, you know, your one day possibly uh, teammates as a Winnipeg Jet. L- let's go to the, the rookie tournament. Where did you start to feel comfortable? Um, was it the first game, the second game, third game? When did you start to feel comfortable in that tournament in Penticton? I think it was kind of you know ending the first game, and I had a lot more confidence going into that second game. Um, you know, it was, it was a bit nerve wracking going into that first, of course. um, you know, the players are just, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. And, um, that's, that's only the rookie tournament. So I was, I was pretty nervous going into that game. Um, once I kind of, you know, got, got into that game, got bumped around a bit, I, I grew confidence as the game went on. And then, um, going into that second game, I was, you know, pretty, pretty confident, obviously a little nervous still, but, uh, you know, the nerves weren't taken over in that sense. Uh, how good did it feel to score a goal in that tournament? That, that had to really take a big weight off your shoulders, I imagine. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was fortunate enough, you know. Uh, you made it was a good shot. Kind of a, <laughs> yeah. I just had to put it put it in the cage, but it was, uh, yeah, it was nice scoring there. But um, you know, it was just you know a great experience, uh, learning experience that the that entire tournament. 
I feel like there's so much happened to you from the time the Jets drafted you. Then you said development camp, then you go to rookie tournament, and then all of a sudden you're at, any, at main camp. Was that a lot to, to digest uh, mentally for you with all that stuff happening so fast? Honestly, it, it didn't give me a lot of time to, you know, think about it and overthink it and get worried. You know, it happens so fast, right? You're just yeah. obviously thinking about it, but you're not, you know, you're not waiting a few months just dwelling on it, right? Like just getting nervous about it and overthinking it. So it was nice to kind of it all happen fast. And, um, you know, I learned learned a lot from development camp to the rookie tournament to to main camp. It was it was crazy, you know, the, the steps along the way already just how different different everything is um it's 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 eye-opening and it just you know kind of shows me what you know i need to keep continue to work hard or work harder and um you know all, all the things i gotta you know keep getting better at to get there i was talking to jacob julian uh, last month about this colby and it just he said uh, when you came when he went from rookie camp and the rookie tournament and then to back to the ontario hockey league he goes there was a big you know it was a, an adjustment did you find that same adjustment when you got back with the owen sound attack yeah, I did for the first, you know, couple weeks there. Um, you know, like I like I said, it was just so much faster, and and the guys are just so much bigger, and everything happens, you know, way way quicker. Um, you know, you have you have left less time to think and, and make decisions, so you got to be way quicker. Um, you know, in in that aspect, and it was obviously it's a little different going going back to the OHL. It's you know still good hockey, but um, mm-hmm. you know the the maturity level of the players and you know, their bodies and how they, how they move and how they think. And, you know, just the, the physicality of it is, is just a little different. So it took a little bit of time to adjust to. How good was it to be back with your teammates uh, in, in Owen Sound when you got there anyways, as the captain, I imagine they must've been excited to have you back. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, a lot of other guys went to, uh, to, to camps as well. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty cool talking with them and, and, and seeing their experiences. And then, you know, finally being able to, you know, routinely, routinely see the the younger guys and, and welcome them in. And, uh, you know, it, it was awesome seeing all those guys. It was, yeah, it was awesome. Is it great? Is it good to, is it a good feeling to be a leader with a younger player, especially, you know, a 16 year old guy coming? You were there once. I know it was a little short, a short time ago, but do you make an effort to go out and talk to those players uh, as captain? Yeah, I think it's, it's really important. I mean, coming in as a 16 year old, I was super nervous and, you know, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, amazing older guys uh, in my rookie year where, you know, they talked to me, they helped me, you know, they, you know, it can go, it can go either way. Um, you know, you can get pushed away or you can get brought in, but they were really, I was really, really fortunate enough to have, you know, such great guys bring me in and not just me, but all the young guys. And, you know, I think that's what creates such a great uh, group for us is, you know, the the leaders that are passed down and, you know, continue to, you know, going to their overage years or, you know, their, their fourth years and how, how good they are with the younger guys. And, you know, there's, there's not like your lesser or anything like that mm-hmm. with guys, which is, which is really important. And that's just what I've been, been trying to implement as well, you know, being passed on as, as a leader on the team. Uh, you hit a little road bump, you were hurt for a bit. How tough was that to be away from your teammates and tough to be away from the ice? Yeah, I really learned that. Yeah, I don't like watching my team play at all. It's uh, <laughs> it was not fun. Obviously, it was it was a grind getting back uh, back to healthy. Um, but you know, I I always said that it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. You're going to have bumps in your in your career at some point. So um, you know, a little adversity, learn from it, and just uh, become a better person and player. How tough was it to remain patient while you healed? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of times where, you know, you're feeling great and you're just like, let's get out there. But, 
you know, the, the timeline didn't really add up, but it's, uh, especially with my injury, it was like just so many good days and then you, you'd have a bad day. Right. So it was, um, it was a battle back and forth, but you know, once I found that consistency and mm-hmm. you know, doing all these exercises and starting to skate, I was, I was, I was super excited to get back. Um, l- listen, you, you were thought to be going, you were probably a shoe in it at one point to be playing for Canada at the world juniors. How big of a disappointment and a letdown was that for you to not be able to have that opportunity? Yeah, it was, it was a tough pill to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, like I said, there's going to be, there's going to be adversity, adversity, sorry, in your career and mm-hmm. life in general. So, um, trying to think of it that way and, um, you know, doing everything I can for, to make sure I'm ready for that next opportunity that rolls around. Well, I spoke with your general manager, Dale DeGray, and he said that your teammates missed you when you were gone. How much did you miss them? I, I know you, it was a very short time, but how much did you miss being in the room with the guys? Yeah, I miss them a lot. Um, you know, those guys make me laugh every single day. It's such a great room. I mean, every <laughs> single guy's super tight in there. You know, we hang out outside the rink, even though we're there all day together. Um, as soon as we get out, we're, we're seeing them. We're going to hang out again together and it just happens every single day and you know it's it's such a great such a great I, I call it a family in there because mm-hmm. everybody's just just so close so yeah it was it was tough being away from them but uh you know it was it was nice to be back how strange is it to have kind of like two families because you have the winnipeg jet prospect family and then you have of course your teammates at owen sound that must be a little odd because you just have these two different groups but the same idea behind them your teammates and family no, I love it. I think, you know, making new relationships, making uh, new friends and uh, meeting new people. It's awesome. So it's always great when you, uh, you know, um, you know, experience those things where you mean a new group and, uh, you know, the, the Jets uh, family is, is just as awesome. So it's, uh, you know, pretty special to have two amazing groups. How often are you wearing your Jets gear, I guess, is a good question to ask you. Yeah, I, I use our bags a lot, pretty much any road trip, and you know I have, I have a ton of golf shirts. I was using a lot of them for golfing, and yeah, uh, you know, uh, anytime you know a pro cash or anything like that, you know, use it if uh, you know I wear my own sound stuff and wear own sound. But uh, you know, kind of going out for dinner here and there, I'd wear it. But uh, you know, it's it's super nice having. Last time you stepped on the ice in the game, you had five points. You are you feeling at a hundred percent since the injury now? Yeah, I think it took me a couple games, kind of to to feel back to 110%. But I think this weekend, uh, I really found my legs, you know, back into, into game shape and uh, really, really feeling good about my game. How are you feeling? Like, what, what's, the, what's the rest of the season looking like? Where are you guys hanging out? Where, where's Owen Sound right now and then the whole swing of things and pushing for a playoff spot? How's that going for you guys? Yeah, we're in, uh, I think, six, I believe, right now we sit. Um, so we're we're a few points out of fifth, and you know pushing to to just keep getting higher. I mean, we had an amazing road trip. Uh, we went three and zero, so that was that was a really good, um, you know, kind of I wouldn't say start, but bounce back from you know a couple of games we've had uh, prior. So that was that was awesome to see. Um, you know, it's it's great. All the guys got a lot of confidence in there. Um, the vibes are good. So just hoping to continue that. We have a nice home stand now. So. Um, you know, we're, we're just excited for that and uh, continue that momentum on. Well, I, w- I wish you all the best. I'm glad you're healthy again, and uh, good luck the rest of the season, Colby. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Great stuff, as always, from Colby Barlow. Of course, keep an eye on him, and he'll be our feature article on the Jets Prospect Report, which will be out on February 7th. Check that out at winnipegjets.com. Right now, actually, it's 
NHL.com slash Jets if you want to be technical, but the prospect report will be there on February 7th, the first Wednesday of February. Uh, happy All-Star break to you and to the players. The Winnipeg Jets will be back and ready to go right away. February 6th, they'll take on the Pittsburgh Penguins. They go on a quick two-game trip out east once again. A long run against the Eastern Conference for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Kyle Connor, Rick Bonus, Connor Hellebuck representing Winnipeg at the All-Star Game. We'll be talking about that and then some on the next edition of Ground Control. Thank you so much for listening slash watching. We'll see you next week.